All right, are you ready for our other confession? I believe everything my Bible says. Yes, I believe everything my Bible says. I am aligned with God. I trust the word over everything I see, over everything I hear, over everything I experience, because I trust in the Lord. I, we, if you've been here for a long time, you know we revamped our, our morning confession to our, our theme for this year, Realigned for this time. Uh, I, tell, I, I specifically you know, prayed about it and picked out these words. Uh, Because trust is a big thing. Now, we use the word trust a lot in our lives. But most people don't trust what they say they trust. Because all we have to do is look at our lives. We can see what we trust. It's where our trust lies. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace or complete wholeness whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in the Lord. Now, we can glean from that verse that our mind is going to center around what we trust. So just kind of pay attention to your mind. What do you think about the most? Is it the problems you're facing or is it deliverance that was promised? I didn't forget what I was going to say. Where's your mind at during the day? Where's your mind when you encounter people? Can people get you off track? Now, wait a minute here now. We we have to analyze it for a minute. If people can get me off track, then the person is above the word. I trust more what this person can do in making my life miserable, then I trust the Lord in making my life work. Come on. Amen. See, we really, there's things that we really trust that are not God. And and I'm on this, uh, this pathway right now because I really believe, myself included, we're living way below what God has, what God has called us to live in. How many would like a better life? It's right here. Amen. Why aren't we pursuing it? See, every, everybody that raised their hand, which is virtually everybody, and some people, you know, they're not going to raise their hand for nothing, and, uh, but virtually everybody, they want a better life. You can define what a better life would look like. Feel better, have more uh, money, you know, things go better, have a better job. You know, whatever you define it as, you can define it, which means that there's, there's something missing, but His Word has given us a place where nothing's missing. Thou shalt keep Him in perfect peace, English translation, uh, part English, part Hebrew. Thou shalt keep Him in shalom, shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew part, if you couldn't figure that out. Shalom meaning complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Complete wholeness. Thou shalt keep him in complete wholeness. Now, if you're in complete wholeness, is there anything missing? But yet we all raise our hands saying there's something missing. 
We shouldn't confuse ourselves with our spirituality until our spirituality dominates every situation that comes in our life. And the more spiritual you and I get, the less we're involved with us. Because we get out of ourselves and into the Word. Amen. So uh, turn if you would, I think it's Mark. I uh, put my first verse up there. I'm not sure where I'm going. No, Acts. Acts chapter 4. Yes. I've been talking on the name of Jesus. Now, if you really believe, now I know we all believe in the name of Jesus, but really, if we really get down to it, we believe more in the personage of Jesus than we do the name of Jesus. Because in the name of Jesus, it's the name of our covenant, there is no other alternative. Now, if we were to ask the question, you don't have to answer, just think about it. And if we were going to measure faith on a scale of 1 to 10, I doubt, if they were honest, nobody would say they're at a 10-level faith. Because if you're at a 10-level faith, everything's working. You know how to work the laws of the Spirit to get what you need to overcome what's in front of you. Uh, we probably would all have, you know, a number somewhere in there, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, maybe 8. You know, we would be somewhere. But why isn't, and I bet you that would be true no matter what church we went in, no matter where we went, uh, if people are really honest. Because your faith is tied. All things are possible to him that believe. Okay, so, so let me just challenge your faith. Let's think about this this morning. Remember back in the book of Exodus when they had the ten plagues? Now, the plagues manifested in the natural, but were they of spirit or natural element? They're spirit. Moses' prophet prophesied that this is going to happen. It happened, even though it manifested in the, uh, the natural. So the, one of the plagues was darkness, and uh, there was great darkness. People didn't even leave the house. They couldn't even see each other. You know, me and Peter could be this close to each other and can't even see each other because it's so dark. Uh, if they lit a candle... Uh, the darkness would cover the candle. They couldn't see. It couldn't bring light. There was, no, there was darkness in all the house to where they, in all of Egypt that they could not see, except for in the land of um, where the Israelites were. There was light in their house. Now stop and ask yourself, was that spiritual light or was that natural light? So, so if there's darkness so thick that you cannot see right here, but there's light right here, it has to be of spiritual nature. Okay, now let, let's bring it down to, to us living. Because you probably heard on the news, you probably heard him talking about uh, the power grid's probably going to go out in California. Okay, you know, if, if, if you understand anything, like if power goes out, so do lights. Could there be light in your house if there was no power? Okay, it's easy to say yes because you've read your Bible. But I'm talking about the power went out and you got an electric stove. Can you still cook? Can you still see? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. The Bible says if you can believe, all things are possible. So why can't that be possible? Because we can't believe. Because we know how it works. Sickness and disease shall not come near your dwelling. Is that possible? Now, we all know the verses, so we can say, yes, it's possible. But has sickness and disease ever knocked on our door? Well, he says, it shall not come near. Your door's near your dwelling. Can we believe that it won't come near us? So now this covenant with God 
and, and through Jesus Christ, his name secured our, our covenant. We have verses that says all things are possible if you believe. And it says that, and God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. How many can imagine think at the level that you're living at? And maybe even think a little bit further. See, most people are below or right at what they can imagine. Why? Because we don't believe the name. Why don't we believe the name? Because we have a track record. We've tried and it didn't work. Well, I prayed about that and asked God for that and it didn't happen. Maybe it wasn't a praying thing and maybe it was an authority thing. Do you know of your children? If you're the parent, do you know you have authority as a parent? Parent is an authority word. Now, if you're a Christian and you understand authority, you can even operate at a higher level. But what happens if something's going on with your kids? Are you praying for them that something happens or are you speaking it from a position of authority? See, in Ephesians chapter two, verse six, after chapter one, 19 and 20, 21, where Jesus was seated at the right hand of the father. Then in chapter two, verse six, says, you are seated in him. So that in him, we've talked about the power of attorney that comes with the name of Jesus. In him, we, we can operate at the same level of him. But do we see ourselves in our prayers and what we're doing from a position of authority? Or are we just asking him to do something, waiting for him to do it? When he's already done it, it is finished. All power and authority has been given to me. Now you go, therefore, into all the nations of the world. See, how far can you go in your life based on his name? Because most people are so consumed with what they're going through right now, they can't get out of themselves. Okay, let's go back to Acts chapter 4 and we'll we'll get a verse in here. (laughs) Even though I've already quoted multiples of them. Uh, 4 verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow. Now, understand that Acts chapter 4 is right after number 3. It was deep revelation, wasn't it? Okay, but in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John met the lame man and said, Silver and gold have I none. Uh, but I think that's like around verse 6. Yeah, then 3, 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give I thee. In the name of Jesus. So he, he had the power of attorney of the name of Jesus. I have, Peter, I have, and if you read the rest of the chapter, it goes on, they're all amazed, they're running around, they're looking at Peter and John, and they say, why, why are you looking at us? It's by, through our means, we healed this man. But it was through faith in the name that healed him. Amen. Okay, then chapter 4, they're summons uh, before the court, and it says, Verse and it came to pass on the morrow, the next day, that the rulers and the elders and the scribes, and Annas the high priest, and uh, Caiaphas and John, um, And Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, Peter and John, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Because they understood. See, those who operated in positions of authority had positions of authority. Now, you have a position of authority if you're a believer because you've been seated in him 
But if you still have a servant poverty, I'm a nobody mentality, you won't step up to your position of authority. I remember one time I was, uh, when I worked at a convenience store, it was actually part of the chain that this one used to be a part of, the get-and-go system. And I worked for Steve, if you've been around by Steve for a long time. And I had worked one shift. And there was two guys. He had number ones and number twos. Number ones was, they, they could, like, manage it. He's gone or whatnot. Number twos were the other guy. So I worked one time. I was a number two. And I walked in, I looked at the schedule, and there was no number one and some new guy's name on the, um, on the schedule. And I'm thinking, who's going to run this place? I barely know how to work the cash register. I've only worked one shift. I, I was unwilling to step up into a position because I didn't view myself as having the abilities. Now, neither did Steve. Uh, because the guy, the new guy's name on there was a guy that used to be a number one that ended up going to work for Coca-Cola, just left, but, but he had ran the place and, and actually came back and managed the whole store and everything like that. So, uh, so it all worked out good, but I could not see myself doing what actually I was hired for because I hadn't been trained yet. Then after a week or two, I was the number one. And, uh, and so when I was there, I was in charge, unless I was working with somebody that, you know, had been there longer than me or the, the actual store manager. Uh, but I was uh, like a night manager or whatnot. But once I got some understanding, I had no problem moving up. How long have we been Christians now? Are we 15-year Christians and we still can't move up to the position that he's, he's given to us? So they wanted to know by what name or what authority, uh, that by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Now, again, I told you this is referring to the, the healing of the man in, in chapter 3. That what he had, he gave to him. And he was healed. Okay, now, now I want you to remember this is a healing dissertation. Verse 10. Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you. Now, if, if we understand what he's saying, I, I've, I've used this in the, I don't know how many weeks we've been talking about the name of Jesus, five or six now. I've used the term power of attorney. We've been given, because we understand that term here in, the, in you know, our lives. A power of attorney gives you a legal right to transact something that, that you in and of yourself don't have the power to transact. So he understood, Peter understood that, the way this was done is because of what Jesus did, gaining all authority back to him, he now gave us that name, and by that name, this man does walk. Now, how much of Peter was involved in this? Peter's power didn't do it. Peter's intellect didn't do it. You know, he didn't have a resume. Well, I was out here one time and I caught a whole boatload of fish, so that qualifies me. That didn't work. He believed 
in the name. Now, Peter's the guy that kind of like mouthed off all the time. But something happened between when he, uh, you know, abandoned Christ, you know, before the cock crows thrice, you'll deny me. Remember that part of it? Or, or between, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. He left and went out back to his fishing, back to his occupation. Then when Jesus appeared to the disciples, he said, and tell Peter also. Okay, but Peter kind of like checked out on this. But somewhere between that and the day of Pentecost, Peter got a revelation of the power of the name. How deep is our revelation of the power of the name? Because the name of Jesus will heal you. there's, There's three things that are paid in full for in the Bible. One is eternal death. Jesus paid the price. You don't have to go to hell because he he took care of it. The other is finances. He that was rich became poor that you might be rich. We're redeemed from from poverty, debt, and lack. But look at how many Christians saying that they're going to heaven, but they can't get free from the poverty, debt, and lack. And three, healing in our bodies. But the church is just as sick as the non-churched. We don't have revelation of this name. This is the stone which was set not to, you, to the builders. To you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Now watch this. Neither is there salvation in any other. Now here's our problem that we keep messing with. Is that we use salvation and born again as the same thing. He's not talking about getting anybody born again here. What was the salvation delivered from being lame? There's many people born again. They believe in the personage of Jesus, but they can't get delivered from what's attacking their body, their money, their mind, and different things like that. Now, there's an element here, and you see it with Peter back in chapter 3. As they came, the man fastening his eyes upon them, hoping that he's going to receive alms. And uh, Peter speaking, said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give to you. I'm not here to meet your natural needs. I'm here to meet your spiritual needs. And this problem that you've got that you can't walk is a spiritual thing. And by the covenant of Jesus Christ given to me that name, I'll give you the name and you'll be able to walk. Now, this didn't happen over the course of six months. It happened right then. Why can't we walk in it? So I've been having my my mind and my heart set on this for, for quite a while now. And, and I dealt with it. If you weren't on my live stream on Friday, you need to go watch it about 150 times because it, it, it's dealing with the thought processes. Anytime you and I have a thought that counteracts the word of God, we don't trust the word of God. Oh, no, 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 no. I trust him. No, you don't. If you're thinking what if could happen, there is no what if in the name of Jesus when you have when you have faith in the name of Jesus. Now, I gave the example one time that uh, um, I think the first order of business was I was in Russia. Uh, Sergey and I was on a train going from Yekaterinburg to, the, to Orsk, and, and we're in this, uh, you know, it's probably 80, 80 degrees, 85 degrees outside, and we're in this little uh, cabin, had four beds in it, and uh, it was hot, so we opened the window, air's moving around, and this uh, lady gets on there, and she starts speaking Russian to, to Sergey, and... Um, 
There's no air conditioning. I mean, it's like 85 degrees. You just got, you know, a fan blowing on you by having the window open. And she wanted uh, to close the window because she was afraid she might get sick. Because their belief system is, culturally, you know, that if wind blows on you, you'll get sick. Then I went down to the country of uh, uh, Chile, as in Santiago, and some of the outlying places in there. We were preaching, and it was wintertime, and uh, uh, they had no heaters on because they believe that if it's cold outside and you walk into a warm building, you'll get sick. No, you'll actually just get cold. And then in the summertime, they believe that if it's hot outside, if you walk inside, you'll get sick. And I've used that, and, you know, we've heard some chuckles in here. You know, people typically laugh, but you're not excused, Americans. Because right. we got this thing, at least whenever I was growing up, don't go outside with your hair wet. So I fixed that when I shaved my hair off. And, um, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we believe that if you go outside with wet hair, or if you eat uh, and go swimming, you're going to get cramps. But there's no medical research that will support that. But in every one of them, whether you're in Russia, whether you're in Chile, whether you're in the United States, we've got examples of it being true. Oh, man. I should, I, I should have waited a little bit longer before I went swimming. I got cramps now. How'd you get cramps? Well, you know, if you go swimming, you know, before 20 minutes after you eat, you're going to get cramps. That's a belief system. Faith receives. You and I believe something that we will receive from it. Now, if we really believe the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, then we will understand that only the Word of God can happen if we believe in it. We give no room for anything else to happen. Now, I did not say you're not going to feel a certain way. Because I, I can guarantee you, you're going to feel a certain way. Somebody's going to make you feel a certain way. Somebody's going to do something that makes you feel a certain way. We've got to come to this place where through faith in his name, this happened. And I'm going to stand on it until it happens. Because God watches over his word. And he's not going to allow it to, to not, um, <clears throat> not come to pass. But now I've got to look at how bold, in fact, in verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Understanding the word will bring boldness in your, your life, even if you have little education. They were unlearned and ignorant. See, we're trying to rely on our successes, our patterns of success, our knowledge, whether it's knowledge of the world or knowledge of God. But it's faith in the name. You know what's cool about this? You don't have to be anybody to get the power of God working. You can be dumber than dumb. I know we don't have anybody like that, but you know, I'm sure there's people out there that are dumber than dumb. They can still walk in the power of God. You got quiet this morning. Remember I asked how many people would like their life to be better and like everybody raised their hand? I'm telling you how you can make your life better. Amen. He's given us all things, I'm quoting scripture, uh, he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. There should be nothing missing in our life. Now there is, there's things in my life missing. There's things I'm believing God for. I'm not, don't, don't think I'm, 
I'm, I'm preaching from a uh, position of y'all ought to, you know, follow me in, in this. I, I'm seeing things in the Word of God that are not manifesting in my life and other people's lives. We've got to fix this. Amen. The church is the church of Jesus Christ. And Christ revealed himself through manifestations of the power of the Spirit. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel, this deposit of great wealth inside of this natural tent, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You and me should live based on the excellency of the power. Now, I can guarantee you where this is going to mess up, because as I've been pressing in this, uh, in fact, we went to a dinner with Daryl and Muriel the other night, and uh, you know, we're around them quite a bit, and Muriel says, how'd your week go? And I'm like, as often as I see you, this is the week that you choose to ask me how the week went? Because it, it, it was a week of battles. Now, what I'm seeing here, because I'm pressing toward, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see the manifestation of God. But what I'm seeing is the battle is the battle of the mind. Casting down every thought uh, and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So you know how many times I've gotten a, a, an imagination of total destruction this week? That I had to fight against, that I had to stand against? You know how many times the thought went through, this isn't going to work? You know, or something along that lines? That's where the battle was. Yeah. And so the decision that comes in this is which do I believe more, this thought, this imagination that's violating the word of God, or do I believe that the word of God is truth? Now, people will say they believe the word of God is true, but truth, but then they will act on what is true. Because we all go through things. We may be in a battle with our money, with our, with our uh, physical body, with our family, with our, our peace level. We, that may be true. But the truth is that Jesus has paid the price for it. So our confidence in our ability to use the name is being hindered by what we think. And guess what? You're in control of your thinking. Colossians 3.2, if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above. Remember, I've used the example several times. Um, Peter walking on the water. Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. Come on out. He jumps out of the boat. Only one of the disciples that jumps out of the boat walks on the water. Then he just considers. Now, he had to consider because he saw. He saw, he thought, contrary to the word, and he immediately sank. Casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. <laughs> See, what happens when your, your boss comes to you and starts talking nasty? Like, we may close down, we might have to cut your, your position, we might have to do this or, or, or do that in order to keep this thing. What, what is going to be the immediate thought? That God shall meet my needs? Or that, oh no, my needs are not going to be met. I guarantee you the battle is going to be there. Because you know unemployment doesn't make as, pay as much as what you're making. So you're going to take a pay cut if you go get on unemployment until you find a new job. But wait a minute, did God provide for us? 
If you look at your life in problems, we are prone to run to the world for help. Curses is the man that maketh the world their strength. Okay, let's go to first Corinthians. Let's, let's go back to last week. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Amen. I'm not beating up nobody except I'm beating up all of us. We're living below what's been given to us. Amen. If we don't, if we, if we don't realize we're not walking in the completeness of what God is, then we're not going to pursue the completeness of what God gave us. Okay, so last week we were here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's go to verse 24. Uh, this is the communion scripture. And when he had given thanks, he broke, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Why was his body broken? It's for us, right? So when it broke, when his body was broken, it accomplished something that you and I should now live in. And when we receive communion... And the bread of the communion, we should remember why it was broken and what it did for us. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, also, he took the cup. Uh, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament, our covenant, in my blood, this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In what the blood spilt did for you and I. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This is the blood of the Lamb. This is the remembrance of what He did. They overcame. If we're not overcoming, we're being overcome. Because this life is going to fight you on every level. Verse 27. Well, verse 26. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death, Till he comes, meaning you're going to show what he died for. Now, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Now, a lot of churches have taught unworthily that if you've sinned, you're unworthy. Let me help you with something. We're all sinners saved by grace. And, and John 1, 1 John 1, 9 was given to us for if we sin again. In fact, Jesus died for the sinner. So that can't be the unworthiness. The unworthiness is I'm going to take your sacrifice, remember what you did, but yet not apply it to my life, whether it's a change of life and behaviors or whether it's the power to overcome. So I'm remembering what Jesus did. I'm reminding myself that I've been given a covenant that when I meet the next problem, I'm not doing it based on my strength, my ability. I'm doing it based on his strength and his, his ability. Are you following me? Now look at verse 7. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So I talked about that. Let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This, the, the sacrifice of Jesus gave Jesus all power and authority, Matthew chapter 28. And then he says, now you go in this power and authority. Same thing that changed Peter 
from the guy that was real mouthy and just kind of like always saying stupid stuff to a man of power. He got a revelation of this. Now, now watch this, verse 30. For this cause, what cause? They don't understand the, what Jesus did, which would infer they don't understand the name of Jesus. For this cause, many are weak. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say I'm strong. How can the weak say that I'm strong? Because I'm strong through him. I'm not looking at my physical body. I'm not looking at my physical things. I'm looking at what he's given me. And even though, this is why Paul says that I'd rather be in a state where I can't do it so that the, the grace of God might rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, you're, you're, you and I are at our weakest point when we are strong in ourselves. I must do it. That's your weakest point. When I get out of myself and I realize I can't make this work and I put my, my trust and reliance on him, that's when I'm at my strongest point. Most of us live backwards on this point. He says, uh, many are weak and many are sickly among you. Now, so think about this for just a moment. Paul's talking to the believers at Corinth. He's talking to a church. And he says, there's a bunch of you in here that are sick. You're sickly. You're always getting sick. You're always battling something. Let me, let me help you with why you're fighting that battle. Because you don't discern the body of Christ. I'm telling you, there's a place that we can live uh, in divine health. We don't get sick. But you're going, you can't do it on your own. You've got to do it based on what he did. That because he did, by his stripes we are healed, I'm going to apply that into my life. I don't, I don't know how many times I've said things like, the day you feel less bad. You ever heard me say that? And you know how many people still, the day they feel less bad, crawl into bed, get the chicken soup, and for the next three days, fight something? Why? Because we believe what we're feeling yeah. over believing what he said. That's right. So now, how far can you take this? How far, how far can you walk in the principle and power of the name of Jesus? And you can't, we're sitting in church, we're thinking about the things of God. It's easy to say, oh man, I, I give my life to him. I'm going to trust him in everything. It's easy to say that. It's different when you walk out of this building and your car won't start. Oh, my goodness. I think my battery's dead. I don't have money to buy another battery. What, what am I going to do? Flat tire. Oh, man, I hit a nail. And it's on the sidewalk. I'm going to buy another tire. I don't have the money to buy a tire. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Erase. What happened to the name of Jesus we talked about? No, no, no. You don't understand. I don't have the money to buy a tire. This tire is $75. They're probably more than that now, aren't they? $150. I don't have $150. I only have food for this week. Okay, what are we believing? We're believing the situation over the Word of God. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's given me all things pertaining to life. My tire is part of my life. See, we have to apply the word into our life. 
There's no way to live this life without things trying to get on us. But I've been given a name. And faith in that name gives me the escape out of whatever it is that I'm facing. Then he says on the next thing, we, we dealt with weak and sickly among you and many people sleep. Do you know that he says here, Paul says to the Corinthians church, I'm not saying it. I'm saying Paul said to the Corinthian church, a bunch of y'all died because you don't discern the body of Christ. You know, that cemetery over there is full of people who had a call of God on their life, but they never fulfilled it because they couldn't believe in getting beyond their current circumstance. Now, if God's no respecter of persons, then we can't fall into the trap. Well, God knows the intent of my heart. Yeah, he knows the intent of your heart by watching the actions of your life. Jeremiah chapter 17, if you want to read that. He looks at what we do, what we say, how we respond to things. Now, if you and I fully believed that word of God, that no weapon formed against us, whether that weapon is of the body, whether that weapon is in a dangerous situation, whether that weapon is something's eating up our money. If we truly believe that no weapon formed against us, then what weapon could we face that there would be fear in it? See, it's because we don't believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Because the, 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 what we perceive the truth of the situation is greater than the truth of the name of Jesus. Now, again, I'm not, you know, I'm just agitating today, okay? And, and I'm stirring myself up on my faith. Because we are all, including myself, we're living below what God's given us. God wants his name magnified in the earth, and it does not get magnified when we just get by. So how's this going to work? Let's go back to another verse we dealt, dealt with last week and go to the book of Acts. Amen. Chapter 19. I tell you, I'm preaching better than you're staring. <laughs> Acts chapter 19, verse 13. Now, we talked about this regarding the seven sons of Sceva, but I want to, why am I doing it? Because we're not going to get it with one time. I want you to see it. You can receive communion and not receive the power of communion. The reason that we're weak, that we get sickly, that we die early is because we don't understand what the, the resurrection power of Christ did. Acts 19.13 says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus. So these, these religious people made the determination that they're going to call people possessed of evil spirits and, and exorcise it or get the demons out of them. And they said, we adjourn you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of the one Sceva, a Jew and a chief priest, which did so. Now, you got to notice something here. Just because you have a religion doesn't mean you have power. Because these were religious people. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know and Paul, I know, but who are you? Now, let me, let, me, let me ask you a question, and don't think it is because you speak, think highly of yourself. Does hell know who you are? See, a lot of people think that hell knows who they are because they're born again, but they've got no power in their life. If you've got no power in your life, hell, hell doesn't care who you are. You're not doing anything. 
You're not beating back the darkness of the day. You're not resisting the things that he's trying to do in the earth. Uh, most Christians are just involved in their own life. How do I make my life better? How do I get this? Lord, bless me here. Lord, do this for me. And everything is about them instead of about beating back the darkness of the day because they don't understand that as you move forward in the things of Christ, your needs will be met. Chapter, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Hmm. So does hell know who you are? Watch this. Verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, And Jesus, Paul, uh, I know, or Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on had and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. If you, I said it just a minute ago, if you and I can't overcome, you're going to be overcome. There's a lot of Christians walking around going from one problem to another problem. In fact, I know a family that there's four in the family. One moved out. There's three in the household. Every one of the three has something seriously wrong with them, and it's different. It's not like somebody got the flu bug and they all got the flu bug. They have real medical conditions, you know, serious, that they're under medical care for three different things except the one that moved out. You think that's not spiritual? I mean, they keep talking. They, they have a good talk. You know, we're letting God have his way, which already we know that, don't read the Bible because God having his way, we'd be healthy, prosperous, whole, peace in mind and everything like that because that's what he came and died for. I think we'll call this the agitation message. <laughs> the price that Jesus paid took care of everything. Living at a level of just getting by is not the will of God. But yet that's where many Christians, in fact, I, from ones I've seen, most wealthy people in the church would be wealthy even if they were not in the church because they're very proactive in business. I'm not, I'm not talking about like upper middle class, they just got enough money, they handled their money, but I'm talking about real wealthy people. That, that if they were going to write it, you know, when they write checks, it's going to be $50,000, $200,000 or something like that, you know. I'm talking about wealthy. Most of them were wealthy coming in. Not all of them. I mean, there are, there are cases where, where people have taken the word of God and changed their economic life, but very, very few. How come? Because we believe the natural things about money more than we believe the word of God about money. And then we start adjusting the natural things or making of how God's blessing us when he says that uh, he's able to make grace abound, that you and I having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. But then a good work comes up and we say, well, yeah, I'm going to have to pass this one by. How do we abound to every good work if we can't abound in living. So at some point, we just got to look at it and say, are we satisfied? Now, I'm not talking about whether you're born again or not born again. You, you can live on this earth in hell, just going through hell and everything and still go to heaven. You believe in Jesus Christ. But why would you want to? Why would you want to battle one problem, get over it, go to another problem, get over it, get over, go to another problem? Why don't we want to live above every name that is named? 
maybe, maybe it would, would take. I was listening to a message from uh, Kenneth Hagin, and he was uh, uh, starting to travel in ministry. This goes back to, what is it, 1950s or something like that. And then he had, because the Lord told him to, then he had some, uh, some loving brothers in Christ come to him and talk him out of traveling. You, you should be pastoring a church. You've you got a family. You need to just stay there and pastor church. And so they started making sense to him. And so he canceled all of his meetings, went back to pastoring. And uh, he said he ended up having a heart attack, like to die. And uh, just everything went wrong uh, because God told him to go out and travel. You know, the ministry that he ended up fulfilling, uh, go out and travel. He says, you know, I had a bunch of pastors that almost killed me. See, if somebody gives you their opinion that it's absent of the word of God, and he says, as I look back over it, they never asked me, what did God say? They just went by natural wisdom. If you and I live by natural wisdom, we're not going to walk in the things of God. Now, let's go over uh, one last verse. Mark chapter 16. Amen. Amen. Okay, did I agitate you enough? Yes, sir. Did I stir something in you? Yes, sir. Okay. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How many here believe? Okay, about four of you? Really? We're not doing very good as a church. How many believers we got in here? Okay. These signs shall follow you. Now we have to ask ourselves, what do we believe? Well, I believe in Jesus, but what does that mean? Are you talking about the personage of Jesus, the Son of God that came and died for our sins, rose from the dead? Or do you believe in the name of Jesus and the power that was given? Because this verse says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall, um, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall, wait a minute, in my name, they shall, wait a minute. In my name, they shall, in my name, how are they going to do it? By the power of eternity I've given to them, they're going to walk in authority that they will cast out devils. Uh, in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. But now, you know what? We have a big problem getting people filled with the Spirit. The major problem on people getting filled with the Spirit, speaking in new tongues, they, one, they believe the doctrine that uh, that passed away or somehow that doesn't apply or, or something like that, as though God's Word changes. The other one is, I'm just waiting for God to come do something. And He never does it. So it must not be for me. Yet we have no problem somebody speaking English, turning around speaking Spanish. Well, a lot of people do that here where we live. They, 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 in their mind, they make the decision. Okay, I'm going to talk to you in English because they know if they talk Spanish to me, I'm not going to understand. Then they turn around and talk to somebody else and they speak in Spanish because they don't want me to hear what, understand what they're saying. Oh, I caught some of you guys, huh? They can speak Spanish. You think we don't know your tricks. Yeah. Then you get around somebody like Sergey. He speaks English and there's a bunch of German words in it. And uh, or the, the flips over and he starts talking German to somebody. Then he flips over, starts talking you know, rushing to somebody, then he flips over and starts talking Spanish. So like, you know Spanish too? Oh, not very good. And it's like, grab one of the Spanish, say something to him in Spanish. And then he answers, and it's like, it sounds pretty good to me. We, okay, we might be amazed at how many languages he could speak, but we're not amazed that he can switch from one to the other. But once you come into the, uh, into the Holy Spirit, the heavenly language, oh, no, that's weird. Well, if you can't speak out, how are you going to cast out? These signs shall follow them that believe. I'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall take up serpents. That if you look up, take up, it means to move out of the way. It doesn't mean you're going to play with serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let's stand.